Hi, this is Underground Confidence with Shelley Treacher. Do you feel compelled to overeat but wish that you could stop? Or perhaps you know that emotions drive your eating, but you don't know what to do about it. In these podcasts, I talk about the side of overeating that nobody really talks about. The emotional and the psychological side. There are reasons why you can't stop eating, and that's what I talk about here. But this podcast is so much more than just about comfort eating. It's about what makes us human and turn to comfort. So the things I talk about here could apply to any addiction or many emotional difficulties. I help you to find your real inner strength and confidence. I know you've got it inside you, so it's my job to help you find it. You might be someone who nobody really knows how you feel, or maybe you feel lonely sometimes, and so maybe you comfort eat as well. These podcasts can help you. I can help you understand what you're doing, what's going on for you, and to recover from it. And I can also help you to find other people who feel the same and who are going through the same thing. This podcast is produced weekly and I am your host, Shelley Treacher. Welcome. Let's start by asking, what exactly is going on with comfort eating? Over the coming podcasts, I'm going to ask you some questions that will help you start to answer what binge eating, overeating or comfort eating are for you. I'm also going to help you to understand that it's hard to stop comfort eating. It's not just a matter of willpower to be able to stop overeating. In fact, there's quite a lot more to it than that. So today I'll start to show you what you need to know to get a handle on your overeating. But first, I'm going to tell you what comfort eating is not. It's not a response to hunger. Biologically, we're supposed to just eat when we're hungry, so the rest of the time, we're doing something else. Eating junk food is comforting. It gives you a chemical response in your brain and in your body that makes you feel soothed, blissed out, calm, numb, or gives you a hit or a high. We've got a social assumption in many of our cultures that people who are overweight could just stop overeating. And do some exercise. Lots of people come into my office with frustration and sadness about stories of how their doctors, their personal trainers, or even their friends have told them to just cut down on sugar, try this or that diet, and take up running or swimming or any kind of exercise. This is not likely to be a total revelation or a fantastic new idea to someone who overeats. Trust me, the person who overeats knows that this is what it takes and feels a huge amount of shame for not being able to do it. So I need to explain to you all the reasons why it's so difficult to have the willpower to stop eating. There are so many different reasons why losing weight may not just be a matter of willpower. I'll describe some of the reasons here today. My hope is to explode the myth that just saying no to overeating is enough. I'm also encouraging you to give yourself less of a hard time, to give yourself a break for not being able to just stop eating. So the first reason is our ancestry. 
It's only in the last few decades, and only in the West, that starvation has become far less of an issue. So we have an inherited predisposition to eat as much as we can when food is available. We are predisposed to put on and to maintain weight, rather than to lose it, as a way of surviving for longer. I think that's a big enough reason that it's hard to stop. And a big enough reason to give yourself a break for not being able to stop eating. But we also have the availability of food. Food has become available everywhere. From the checkout counter in B&Q to the 24-hour all-night grocery store, there are shiny, colourful, attractive packets of salty, fried, sweet-tasting temptations everywhere. And they entice us to overeat. Years ago, food would have cost over 50% of your wage packet. Nowadays, we spend less than 10% of our income on food. I actually worked out once that I spend less than 5%. Those tasty temptations are really cheap. So that's two really good reasons why it's hard to stop eating. But then you also have your physiology. A person who eats less than normal is likely to feel hungry again soon and will be prompted to eat again. Falling blood sugar encourages a feeling of needing to eat. Satiety can be overridden easily. Our bodies register fullness long, long after we're already full. The human stomach and digestive tract have the capacity to expand to deal with larger quantities of food. So until it is filled, you may actually still feel hungry. So that's also a pretty good reason, don't you think? That would make it hard for anybody to stop overeating. But then we also have the reduction in calorie expenditure. Our level of activity has vastly decreased in the last few decades due to the increase in driving, the reduction of parks and open spaces, the reduction in physical education at school, the lack of availability of time because we need to get the money in, less active jobs and time spent looking at screens, especially in the last year and a half. So that's four compelling reasons not to stop eating, right? But then we also have our psychology, such a huge reason. Significant events, social occasions and even times of rest and holiday have become associated with food and drink and overeating. How many times have you said to yourself, I'm on holiday, the diet doesn't count. (laughs) I think we can all relate to it. But how we eat is habitual. Apparently, immigrants will give up their eating habits last when they change to a different country. Food spells comfort, familiarity, home, nurture or safety, and fun and excitement for us. And that's just part of our everyday human experience. Very few of us embark on a voluntary change and find it easy. I think I'm actually going to say that again. We do not embark on change easily or voluntarily. We have to really think about it and work it out. Food is deliberately made to smell, taste and look irresistible to us. And it takes quite a push to rise above that seduction. But that's what I'm doing here. Because the final factor in being unable to stop comfort eating is the use of food for emotional management. Most of us do this at some point. 
Who hasn't soothed themselves with chocolate, biscuits, cookies, cake, crisps, pizza, Chinese takeaways when feeling sad or frustrated? Comfort food is a widely used term. The occasional use of food to comfort won't make much difference. However, if it is frequently used, it leads to overriding signs of hunger and fullness, and of course to weight gain. So what can you actually do about it? Health professionals and diet companies may sometimes touch on the first few of these categories, although rarely do people tackle the emotional side of overeating. The people who come to my groups have tried so many different diets and most ways to approach weight loss, and it hasn't worked. In fact, I think it's made it worse. They know what they should be doing, but they feel powerless to do it because they haven't found another way to manage the day yet. This is not greed. It's not being lazy. It's the need to learn a new skill set that society and biology seem not to advocate. Whether you call it binge eating, stress eating, emotional eating, food addiction, a compulsion to eat, comfort eating, sugar addiction, or just plain overeating, it's usually got some kind of comfort or psychological element behind it. One of the things that people often ask me is, isn't it just a habit? Does it have to be something emotional? And of course, the answer is actually yes. It is a really deeply ingrained, very well-grooved habit. You'll find that I talk about what a habit actually is in these podcasts as well. But there is also often something uncomfortable behind it. Hence the label comfort eating. Usually, overeating is a response to feeling uncomfortable about something. How do you know you're uncomfortable? You feel it. Discomfort is a feeling. What I'm saying is that this is the tip of the iceberg. That there is more to the way that you feel that never gets discovered because you eat before you can discover it. What I've talked about so far today is what this podcast is all about. I've helped you to identify that there are many reasons, other than lack of willpower, that cause you to comfort eat. I mentioned some reasons that are ancestral, genetic, physiological, circumstantial, cultural or psychological. And then I talked about emotional reasons being why it's so hard to stop eating. That's what this podcast is all about, the complexity of being human and emotional. That's why this podcast is not only relevant to people who are frustrated with comfort eating, it's relevant to anyone who ever had trouble with being human and emotional. I think that might be all of us at some point, but if you are a comfort eater, this puts you in the category of normal, which is the first thing I want to educate you in. What you're going through doesn't make you weird, annoying, wrong or shameful. It means you're human. In the second part of today's podcast, I'm going to start to show you how there might be emotion behind your comfort eating. How can you start discovering what's emotional about your eating? Or any state-altering habit, which could include anything from alcohol to scrolling to shopping or even serial dating. You've got to start asking what is the discomfort behind your comfort eating or comfort habits. It can be obvious. 
So for example, if someone criticizes you and you feel angry and you don't know what to do about it, you might find yourself eating the whole cake. But it can also be more subtle, such as in lockdown, when we were bored, we might have found ourselves going to the fridge all the time because we just really didn't have anything better to do. My experience is that boredom is a little bit deeper than just being bored. There's something more going on for many of us that hides a whole range of different feelings that are hard to admit or know what to do with. In lockdown, for example, most of us were traumatised. We had to endure massive changes, felt isolated or stuck in with the same people and lost a great deal. It's been a hell of an adjustment and it still is actually. So there are many different feelings that could be provoked that lie behind general overeating or the eating many of us did in lockdown. And in this British stiff upper lip culture, we are not particularly good at knowing what to do with our feelings. So we're eating. My aim is to get you used to starting to think about what you're actually doing and why. Because this is the key to change. So here are some questions you can ask to help you to start to understand what's going on for you. When is it that you overeat? Is it late at night? When you finish work? Is it when you're alone? When you're bored? Stressed? Tired? Or is it when you visit a certain relative? When is it that you habitually binge or overeat? Spend some time thinking about this. Number two. Think of a recent time when you ate more than you wanted to. What was happening just before? What were you actually thinking? How were you feeling? Were you thinking thoughts like this? I don't care. I don't like myself anyway. I'll be fat anyway. I might as well eat this now because I've got the food. I've got to finish it. Then maybe tomorrow I won't buy anymore. I'll start the diet tomorrow. Or were you trying to treat yourself? Give yourself some kind of reward? For a difficult day. Did you have this thought, I deserve this? Or, I'm happy so I want to do what I like. Surely that is treating myself well. Or were you thinking, this will make me happy? Again, spend some time on these questions. Just work out bit by bit what was going on for you that you never noticed. Number three, what would actually happen if you didn't go to the fridge or snack cupboard all day? What kind of feelings would you be left with if you did this? The answer I usually get to this is that you would have an overwhelming, all-pervasive, maybe even raging desire to eat. This is the most common thing that I hear, so you're not alone if this is how you feel. But what I want you to start asking yourself is, so what? What's the worst thing that could actually happen? This is where you really start to understand that it's discomfort that causes you to eat. Having answered these questions, can you see that it's possible that your eating might be in response to some emotion? So what I'm asking you to do is to start understanding what your discomfort is, how far back it goes, and then to find other ways to manage that discomfort. That's what this podcast is all about. I'm now going to give you a summary of what I've talked about in this second part today. First of all, I talked about how calling yourself lazy is unhelpful self-criticism. I then gave you three ways to start identifying the emotion behind your comfort eating. 
Firstly, by asking when it is that you come for eat. Then by asking what you were feeling and thinking before you overate. And lastly, I asked you what you would be left with if you didn't come for eat. To be able to stop overeating, you need to understand what's going on for you. You need to find a place of compassion for that. A place of self-hatred is a very poor place to give up comfort eating. Frankly, it's not going to happen from there. But from a place of genuine self-respect and with education on how to manage feelings differently, it is possible to choose not to overeat. That's what I'll be talking about more in the episodes to come. Part of this podcast is answering questions and giving you comments from people that have sent me messages. So to that end, I would love to hear your comments and questions. Is there something you'd like to know about how to deal with comfort eating? Or do you have any questions about human nature, coping with emotion, being a sensitive human being on this planet? Is there anything I can help you with regarding how you feel? And if you want to go further with me and would like some help mining out your confidence, please check out my latest programs in the notes. This podcast is produced weekly on Wednesdays, and sometimes I give you a little surprise bite of something spontaneous in between weeks. So I'll see you on Wednesday, if not before. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you soon.